Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 153 of the Double Density Podcast with your host, Brandon Angelo. Double Density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, uh, uh, you want to talk about your birthday? Happy belated birthday. We mentioned it last episode. I'm going to mention it here again. Why not? It's like Happy New Year. <laughs> yes, except way worse. Yeah, because it's today, November 14th, so my birthday was almost 20 days ago. Correct, and uh, yet you are still in the, the glow, the afterglow of celebrating your birthday. Well, I, I because of uh, the pandemic, I haven't seen my parents much, but we drove by their home a few weeks ago, and they gave me my birthday money, because a 43-year-old man still gets birthday money from his <laughs> mommy and daddy. <laughs> Was it, uh, okay, so coins, uh, paper money, or paper, check? Uh, literal paper money. Okay, because I would have loved, uh, I think the, the boss's move is either the small amount check, like a $5 check, or... A boatload of coins that no, they've just no, accumulated. Just one paper bill of, a, uh, of enough money that it prompted me to use it to uh, not wait for HomePod minis, but just buy a big old fashioned HomePod. So you just, you bought a, you, or went online, got super excited, rubbed your hands together, and then boom. Yeah. Apple paid and everything and uh, got it within a couple of days. And, and now it lives with you. Now it lives on my TV stand. Uh, oh boy, this thing sounds good. <laughs> like, you know, I, everybody kept talking about how good it sounds, but I never, you know, I never really heard it. I never went to the store to listen to it because why are you going to listen to something in an Apple store, right? Um, but yeah, I don't have a very big living room, but it sounds unbelievably good. And I, while my family was away one day, I blasted it up to like 75% volume. I didn't want to go to 100 because I don't know. But uh, yeah, no distortion, nothing. Just sounds really, Really good. Okay, what were you blasting? I don't remember, actually. You, it wasn't Enigma's Return to Innocence? No, it wasn't that. The first song I did play, though, because uh, I know the kids like it too, was Portals. And uh, <laughs> do, you, do you know what song that, do you know what's that, what that's no, from? That no. is from uh, Avengers uh, Endgame, when oh, cool. everybody starts appearing out of the portals that uh, Doctor Strange and his minions are uh, putting forth. So sometimes I, I mentally debate whether you're the nerdier one and, or, or I'm the nerdier one, and I feel like this argument today uh, uh, veers to your side. That I played movie soundtrack music? Yeah. But I like a vast like, array of music. Right, but I just, I, you, you preface this by saying the kids and I love this song. So that's yeah, well, what we do. made me think of it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a quite uh, a good piece of music. Alan Silvestri, he's good at that stuff. <laughs> Yet you cannot remember what you were blasting. No, was it ACDC's new album Power Up? Not, I'm not a big ACDC guy. Wow, every Italian man I know of a certain age loves ACDC. Uh, you know, I'm not one to be blasting it in my IROC Z22. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I guess I will, uh, I'll let you off the hook with the ACDC. Uh, I, I'd be curious to hear what you think of the new album. I can't wait for your track by track breakdown. Great. You're, you're on the wrong podcast for that. I, I know a podcast called The Coda. You might want to go on that and talk about music. Speaking of podcasts, though, uh, former guest of the show, uh, Zach Zaichi, has launched a uh, brand new endeavor called Project Human. Uh, first episode is out now, so he hit on Dr. Adam Kehoe to talk about um, disclosure, the Nimitz incident, and sort of like looking at lore versus fact. And I, I really, really enjoy that episode. And I implore everyone to go uh, check out uh, these discussions that Zach's planet had with a lot of illuminating figures. Well, when I uh, first listened to the episode... I felt like Zach was reading my mind because 
when I saw the guest, I said to myself, I wonder if he's related to Major Donald Kehoe. And that was pretty much the first question he asked. Yeah, he gets that a lot, right? So <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And it's not spelled the same way like he pointed out on the show. So No, but exactly. Still, exactly. Um, so back to HomePod. Sounds good. And uh, I ended up getting a Wemo smart plug because it was on sale and I wanted to try the whole smart home capability stuff. And uh, that Wemo plug was not fun to set up. Okay, so for the initiated, like, what is a Wemo smart plug versus a regular plug? Well, a regular plug, you plug it in, there's power in it. Uh, oh, okay. Okay, a, a Wemo a smart plug is one where you can control it with any device outside of a switch, right? So uh, not, in, not a Nintendo switch, a regular old-fashioned light switch. So I have a, a lamp in the living room that's plugged into the wall, and we turn on by using the knob inside the lamp. You know, it's one of those three-way lamps, but we always use it on the brightest. And I plug this now into a smart plug. And what's nice is I've set it up so that in the morning it turns on at six o'clock. So when my son goes downstairs, he doesn't have to worry about fumbling around in the dark. There's a light already on for him. And it also goes on when the sun sets. So basically you're making your house more hackable. Yeah. No. So what's nice about having Eros is that with an Eero and HomeKit, you set up all these devices behind the Eero firewall. So they're only able to talk to certain things. So what you're saying is I need to do some social engineering in order to hack it. Yes, home. they would really need to find out my password and stuff like that. Also, HomeKit is the most secure. I'm going to be new, the, the new like uh, cat uh, uh, watchman person that you had uh, talked about last episode. I'm going to come to your home and uh, inspect the cat. Well, yeah, maybe. Um, I also want to say HomeKit, uh, there's not as much available for HomeKit, so there's a lot fewer devices. And I think Apple does a decent job of making sure they're secure, which is why I like HomeKit. So if you, the problem with HomeKit, though, is that all these things are a little more expensive because Apple has to look through them, approve them. Um, but yeah, so like I was saying, the Wemo experience setting it up through HomeKit, super easy, like really, really easy, like shockingly easy. But then I noticed there was an update, so I had to download the Wemo app, and uh, that app just didn't want to find my plug. It worked. <laughs> like It worked when I asked Siri to turn it off, turn it on, everything worked, but there was an exclamation point on it saying, you need to update it. And... Once I finally got it to update, uh, the funny thing is, is that this update helps make sure that future updates are easier to do. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah, so so the it's, it's it giving an... you the infrastructure to be able to get future updates more easily. Yeah. There was a weird uh, bug, I guess. Uh, and I had to make sure that I was not on five gigahertz and because these things are on 2.4 gigahertz. If you know, like most routers have a five gigahertz band and a 2.4. Eero doesn't let you choose which one you're on, but luckily there's a troubleshooting setting that turns off the five gigahertz so that your iPhone and the device are on the same wavelength, wavelength. literally, okay, cool. and it works. So you are looking forward to uh, uh, making your house more efficient for your children. Yeah, I, I'm, and as you know, I have a Google Home Mini. Hopefully it doesn't start talking to me, but um, it works really well also. I've, and everybody says how crappy Siri is compared to Google Home. I find Siri is really responsive. So you can have your music blasting at 75 like I did before with the unnamed song that I don't remember. And you can whisper the magic words and the HomePod will hear you. Like I literally what? was whispering them. It's bonkers how well this thing hears you. But there's also six microphones and one microphone to, uh, to noise cancel. So that's why it's so good at hearing you. Whereas the Google Home, sometimes we find ourselves shouting at them. I will say Google Home is a lot smarter because it literally looks for things on Google, whereas Siri has a set server somewhere at Apple that has answers. It doesn't actually go out to the web to find the answers. So okay. I, I, my wife wanted to know when uh, her iPads that she has in her classroom came out. So I asked Siri, 
And she said, you can find that on the Apple website. I asked <laughs> Google, and Google said the iPad Air 2 came out in 2015. <laughs> wow, okay, so a, a bit of a difference there. I guess they're, they're urging you to go by and stay within the, the Apple ecosphere with that move. Well, that's the thing. They, they tout these HomePods and HomePod minis as ultra secure, and that they are. But the disadvantage to that is that you don't get out to the regular web. Um, from what I hear, Alexa is one of the smarter ones. Uh, Google Home is a close second. And Siri lags behind with certain trivial things. But in terms of actually responding, Siri gets very high marks for that. Uh, it's, like I said, it's incredible. I'm looking forward to trying out the Home Minis. Uh, actually, those uh, move to preparing to ship today. So hopefully so I get just, them but you're just like a, a you're just like a hungry little like Apple piggy because you, you apart from the HomePod, have bought a, a series of HomePod Minis now. Yeah, they should arrive next week, hopefully. And I'll be, uh, I'm doing all this for the podcast. You know that, Brian? Of course, of course, yes. You want to talk about Apple Fraud? Apple Fraud? Yes. Is that a new app? No, it is how uh, there is a limit of uh, two HomePod minis per order, but you ordered three. <laughs> yeah, so I said, oh, they're too bad. There's only two. Uh, and then I said, let me try again. And uh, it let me create another order. So now I have three on the way. So yeah, Tim Apple uh, is uh, aware of this situation and will be contacting you soon um, through the RCMP tax fraud line. Hi, everybody. We have one more thing. We're arresting people. <laughs> so speaking... Is, oh, it is the perfect segue to go yeah, into the, the next topic. Speaking of one more thing, that's what the Apple event that was just recently held was called because they had one more thing because we've had an Apple event every month for the last three months. How do you feel about that model? I like it. It's it's clean and quick, and there's very little time wasted. I find in these things. This one was a nice short forty five minutes. Perfect. Do you? I still find it quite long for like a like a monthly event to kind of release like drips and drabs of information. Eh, forty five minutes. That's like an episode of a TV show. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. That's Although true. I would prefer forty five minutes of The Mandalorian. Yes, so I just finished that episode. Uh, I'm happy to see Katie Sackhoff on there because I've just finished. Uh, spoiler up, alert! Um, spoiler alert! Not really. It's on IMDb. Oh, I guess. But still, and I was I, nicely, not, pleasantly surprised. I wasn't saying anything that uh, you wouldn't have heard through a random tweet that didn't have a spoiler tag. That's true. Did you notice who directed this week's episode? I did. Uh, Dice, uh, uh, Bryce, Bryce Dallas Dial Howard, who yeah. also directed one of my favorite season one episodes uh, with the, the Woods and the ATAT. Oh, she directed or the ATST. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, I like her. Yes. And she's following in her father's footsteps. Exactly. Yeah, no, I was happy to see Katie Sackhoff because I have just wrapped up my watch of uh, the Battlestar reboot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's <laughs> I, was, I was confused for a second. Did they reboot it again? Because that reboot's, reboot's so old at this point. No, but they're continually talking about making a new uh, reboot movie out of it, right? So They tried a show after that called Caprica, yeah. which did not do well. So they did. So that was a prequel, and then they tried to do a backdoor pilot um, called Blood and Chrome in 2012, I think, which was like a prequel where you get to learn about uh, uh, Willie Madama and everything. Oh, too bad. Which also did not work out. No, that that show lost a bit of steam. Um, Dude, but... it's. Ugh, I don't want to get into it too, too much because like this is not a Battlestar podcast. But uh, yeah, first uh, two seasons, and then the first six episodes of season three really, really had me, and then after that, it it started falling off real hard all the way to the end. But I had to see it through. Because that's the last time I stopped watching it was the beginning of season three because I, I just felt that it, it dropped off so hard. It's just amazing that they can actually link the Battlestar universe to the Mandalorian universe with one episode <laughs> of a TV show. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Spoiler alert. Uh, I, love, I loved uh, another spoiler alert for the Mando this week. Uh, Angela, you let me know that uh, our uh, titular Mandalorian found the Enterprise. Yeah. 
in the Star Wars Star Trek universe. The the crossover no one really cares for, but yeah. everyone wants at the same time. Trek Wars. Um, Star Trek? I think Trek Wars works better. Yeah. Would you, uh, maybe this is homework for us, but like, is there a way in which we could come up with a successful um, crossover that would make sense? Well, R2-D2 was in the Star Trek reboot that J.J. Uh, Abrams directed. You saw him flying oh. across the screen at one point, I think. M- Mr. Lensflare, yes. Yes. Um, but uh, well, this was a, you know, you said we had a good segue to the Apple event, but we, we lost the, the plot on that. Yeah, but that's just the, the nature of this podcast, Angela. There's two friends talking about things that they enjoy and don't enjoy. Do you think you'd be able to render lens flares more quickly with the new M1 chips that Apple has created? Thousand, thousand, thousand percent, yes. Are you kind of annoyed? They yes, released uh, yeah. <laughs> an amazing <laughs> version of the computer you just bought for less money. I know. I'm, I'm pretty frustrated. I'm not going to lie to you. But then again, like, had I known this was coming, of course, I would have definitely waited. But uh, this is the nature of, of trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? Yeah, because most people knew a MacBook Air was going to come. Nobody thought another... They, the, the MacBook Pro was kind of maybe. And the Mac Mini was a huge surprise. Nobody thought a desktop would come. Now, the MacBook Pro that came out has two ports. Does yours have two ports or four? Two. Two. So yeah, it's pretty much the same one, except it blows yours out of the water with 20 hours of battery life, Brian. 20 uh, hours. I know. I know. Duh. Yeah, I know. All right, so now, the question is, are you taking Apple to court? <laughs> yeah, me and Tim Apple are definitely going to sue each other. No, I mean, like this is the nature of, of, of tech, right? And we've discussed this before, is the idea of, uh, do I buy the newest model or, or wait uh, like on? And I, I don't think there are any indications that there were going to be a full-blown MacBook Pro coming out um, at this stage. Um, you know, when I was, I was thinking about this in early September, when I bought my computer, I looked into it and there didn't seem to no. be any kind of like flags on the horizon. No, not really. It was more people were pointing to maybe a uh, resurgence of the MacBook. Remember the little MacBook that had nothing? Yes. Right? No fan. It had a very low power chip, but it was, people loved it. They thought it would be bad, but instead they, they've continued not to use that anymore and made a nice MacBook Air. My wife just got a MacBook Air three or four months ago, right? So it's that's how it is fanless though no fan pretty amazing i agree i mean like i'm always amazed by the way that in which um you know personal computing has has evolved this is a huge step uh like seriously speaking this is a gigantic leap forward for these computers it it doesn't even make sense that the macbook air in benchmarks is beating the highest end macbook pro 16 inch computer yeah, that's mind blowing. So you could you spent thirty five hundred dollars on a MacBook Pro sixteen inch, and now the thousand dollar. How much? I didn't spend. No, no, but not you. But I'm just saying you in 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 general, right? So somebody out there has bought a, a three thousand dollar MacBook Pro that's sixteen inches, just because they needed all that power, and now this smaller one is blowing out of the water processor wise. Now you can't get thirty two or sixty four gigs of RAM or anything like that. The RAM is kept at sixteen. The thing is. Most people buying these computers don't need that much RAM anyway. But you have yeah, 16 like, you, on your you, computer or 8? I think I have 8. Yeah, I mean, uh, like 16 is really useful for developers, that's for sure. And well, I was going to say, like, I have 8. What am I really doing? I'm doing like uh, uh, audio editing, some, maybe some video editing in the future. Like, There's not that much there that I'm, I'm doing, right? Your limit there is basically that you have to be doing your audio, audio editing without having like 17 Chrome tabs open, right? But... <laughs> If you're yeah, like exactly. me, I, I'm, I'm of the old school of computing where I close all my apps and I have very little memory being used at the time. I have 16 gigs in, on this Mac and I, like right now, if I look, my memory pressure is 
I have eight gigabytes free. So I'm literally using half. Wow. Okay. So, and it will creep up. Like, so during my work day, I'll be using, uh, it'll try to use like 10 or 12 gigs because I have all kinds of things open, right? But most of the time, if I'm just doing, in, in, let's say I'm editing a podcast in Logic, I'm just doing that in Logic, right? So I'm not going all out. Uh, but yeah, back to these computers, really good computers. Uh, one with no fan, two with a fan. And uh, I think Apple's got uh, something special here. And Intel, uh, I think Intel is unhappy about this, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, I for sure uh, see some disturbances in the marketplace with this. I thought you were going to see a disturbance of the force, but uh, <laughs> I could have linked it back, but I decided not to. Yeah. to do the the very like obvious joke. Sorry, I'm I'm obvious dad joke guy. I am looking forward to seeing what's going to come in the horizon. I'm sure that uh, the iMac will come soon, and likely around the time when I'll be in need of a, a new Mac. I mean, mine's five years old at this point. Still, knock on wood, running very well. I'd be very sad if it broke in the next few weeks or months because I know there'd be like uh, an iMac in the horizon for that would have these M1 or M2 or whatever M they're going to call. I kind of thought they'd call it an M chip, but in my head, I was like, oh, but what if once they get to the like the M4, isn't that like a, a machine gun or something? Yeah, or an M80. Yeah, well, I don't think that's really far away. <laughs> well, you, you can always dream, Angelo. Yeah, and other people were saying how there was previous an, an M pro, a coprocessor on the iPhones that would calculate movement, and then that just got put into one chip. Now, the crazy thing is with this chip is it's like it's one chip. Everything's on this one little system on a chip, they call it. So yep. it's the same thing you have in iPads and iPhones and watches. Now it's in their Macs, and uh, Apple is going to be able to control everything now, which I guess is good and bad at the same time. I'm just really, really mad that the M1 chip will allow you to do iOS to macOS because I really, really would like to play Among Us uh, not on my phone, and I would really like to be able to enjoy that game with uh, with friends by using my computer, but that is clearly uh, not going to happen. Let's get an iPad Pro. Go spend like $1,600 on an iPad Pro. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, you want me to go spend more money on uh, playing like a, a, a very cheap game. That's yeah. just, uh, I'm very, very uh, disgruntled right now. But you know what? That is part of being alive in 2020, right? Yeah. Speaking about being alive and being dead, let us uh, head on over to the paranormal side of things where we have uh, a couple of uh, really uh, fun things to discuss. Great. See you there. When I befriended a group of aliens just three years ago, I was lost. Do you believe in a cool group of down-to-earth aliens who love to hang out, have fun, and have great ideas about what kind of food you can eat? No, that's crazy. Double density. Welcome back to Double Density. As always, we are switching gears from tech to the paranormal. Angela, first things first, I linked you to a video that you probably did not watch. I did. I did. Lots did of raccoons. Yeah. Yes. I mean, so I, I skipped you through to it. A video but... called... Yes. It was great. I linked you to a video called Mob by Raccoons, brackets, 25, Tuesday night, 03 November 2020, by a man named James Blackwood, who um, uh, pops up every couple of years because uh, people seem to like rediscover what he's up to. So this man um, who lives in the Maritimes uh, basically feeds raccoons on his porch and he has been doing this for years and years and years and they have become quite friendly he uh, can recognize a lot of them by sight and they have different names and uh, he's always out there feeding them a treasure trove of hot dogs carrot cake oreos uh dog food cookies uh that aren't oreos a, a whole menagerie of things he seems so at ease with these what are wild animals like i wouldn't want to get near a raccoon because they can be vicious yes they they very much can be but um apparently that he is um so Likes by these and feels protect uh, the the raccoons feel protected by him. So basically, um, if they are out looking for a new spot, they will leave their babies on his porch while hunting for a, a new place to live. Amazing! And if he needs protection, they'll destroy whatever comes near him. 
Yeah, exactly. Human, machine, or other animal, uh, they've got his back. They'll just mob it. Uh, I mean, look, uh, as we know, uh, if you put on a raccoon suit, you can fly. <laughs> yes. Well, technically, it's a Tanuki suit, right? True. Well, no, he has the Tanuki suit no, right, and he has raccoon the tail, right. Yeah. right, he has Come both, on. yeah. Get Sorry, your I, Mario I'm... lore proper. I know, you I know. You need to well, buy a Switch, Brian. 35 years yes. of Mario. <laughs> I was just watching a playthrough of that uh, uh, too. Uh, do we want to get into the lore of the Koopa Kids and how there's like two generations of Koopa Kids and like the original Koopa Kids aren't actually his kids? And you laughed today actually when you thought my uh, HomePod was named after Koopa Kid. Yes. Well, it says Iggy. So. Yes. My daughter named it Iggy and my son and I both thought she was referring to the Koopa Kid, but no, she was referring to a pet of a major character in a series of books she loves. I see. But Angela, you're asking yourself why. Well, I mean, you know the reason why. But uh, so let's say like a, a listener would ask themselves, why, why are we talking about James Blackwood, the, the raccoon whisperer? Brian, Angela. why are we talking about James Blackwood, the raccoon whisperer? So it turns out that James Blackwood is a retired RCMP officer um, in the Maritimes who um, is the prime witness to a 1978 UFO sighting in Clarenville, Newfoundland. And uh, the Canadian Mint has decided... Uh, uh, last month to uh, uh, champion this event because they have a, a series of coins that are, you know, uh, a bunch of like weirdo coins. Like they're called the Canada, uh, Canada's Unexplained Phenomena coins. Yeah, we're, we're clever like this in Canada. Yeah, exactly. So it's a $20 fine silver coin that retails for $130 Canadian. So think about that for a sec. Did you see the date of this event? Yeah. One year exactly after my birthday. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really interesting that uh, my wife and I fell down this rabbit hole of like a, a nice man feeding raccoons. Turns out he is a primary witness uh, to a, a rather infamous uh, Canadian uh, UFO event. I, uh, I, I didn't make the connection when you sent it and then you had to explain it to me. Because uh, I kept wondering why this raccoon video was connected to this uh, Canadian mint UFO thing and you had to explain it to me. I did. Uh, as you I'm do, you have to explain a lot of things to me, Ryan. I'm getting yes, old it's and a, slow. A lot of dotted lines. Thank you for that. You're welcome. I'm just doing you a public service here as you continue to creep on up in age, my elder friend. Yeah, my back hurts sometimes just when I look at things. <laughs> uh, the meat potatoes. I yelled at a cloud the... the other day, Brian. Did you really? I hope you did. No. But kids it's not out lawn. of the realm of possibility that you would yell at a cloud. Let's be honest here. Look, kids were literally on my lawn the other day and I got upset. What were they doing? I'm just playing. Oh, okay. Yeah. You want to, are you allowed to erect front fences like on your front porch? No, unfortunately no, okay. not. We're good. We can erect Christmas lights. Is that, a, is that the correct use of the term? Yes. Okay. We might do that later. Well, I'm very proud of you for preparing for the holidays. A glimmer yeah. of hope. Well, I got another Wemo plug to use for the tree. Oh, to turn on and off? Yeah. It also was a bit of a hassle to update, even though I knew how to do it this time. <laughs> I'm just loving how much you, ha- you and your, your house are at war, basically. No, 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 it's okay. I have more smart things arriving. I, I asked for a couple of smart things for Christmas, too, for my uh, oh. cute little office, because I'm going to be spending an, uh, many more months in here. That is true, yeah. Uh, home life uh, is office life for a, a while, I do think. Oh, yes, for sure. So, uh, moving on over, though, to the, the meat and potatoes of this episode's uh, paranormal section, uh, I linked you to a documentary that I want to watch with you not in tandem because i feel like we can really schedule uh, a good time to record so it'd be harder to schedule a good time to tandem watch something but uh i sent you a youtube link to a documentary entitled alien encounters from new tomorrowland angela welcome to the newest chapter of double density's alien cinema 
So Alien Encounters from New Tomorrowland is a 1995 TV documentary that lasts an hour or so in reality about 45 minutes and uh, is hosted by your friend and mine. Well, maybe less your friend than mine. Uh, Robert Urich. Yeah, I mean, I know who he is. <laughs> He's an actor. I mean, he was in a bunch. He did a, a bunch of those like Fox, like when animals attack. Um, yeah, but he uh, was in, he was in movies too and stuff. Yes, he, he was in movies. That is correct. So, um, but yeah. Uh, I forgot uh, he passed away a long time ago. He did, yeah. Um, but yeah, he was an interesting choice of host for this. It's very un-Disney-like. The beginning was very Disney-like when you see Michael Eisner come out. This is, uh, he used to do this a lot with the uh, Disney Sunday night movie or whatever it was. Uh, that's the only way you were able to watch Disney. I explain this to my kids all the time because now they have anything they want on Disney+, Plus, except this documentary. It's not on Disney+. Plus. No, so I, I waited for the copyright notice to come up, and it is actually owned by the Walt Disney uh, Company. I wanted to double check. Yeah, it, but the, I think they're not going to put it on Disney Plus because it, it's basically an ad for a ride that only existed for a few years because it was deemed way too scary for Disney World. Yeah, I, so uh, towards the end of this documentary, like the la- like the, it, it, this is just like a 45-minute promo video, but a very, very intense one. So, the, yeah, the, the, there are several parts that are... are more intense than others. I specifically am saying the alien abduction thing is way more intense than anything else in that video. Like one woman even equates it to rape and uh, you don't normally hear that word on a Disney show. I was very surprised. And uh, for everyone's uh, delight and enjoyment, you can find the uh, documentary, the YouTube link in the the show notes in order to be able to watch this. Um, Did you notice it was cropped in funny ways so that you could, uh, so that it wouldn't be taken down by Disney? Yes. And uh, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. I kept seeing Kevin Randall's hands. It was so (laughs) weird. It was just so strange how they cropped it. And uh, there kept being that annoying thing in the corners to subscribe. Yeah, but I was able to sort of like... Uh, oh, I tuned uh, it out. I wasn't there for a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I tuned it out. It's sort of like the notch on an iPhone. Yeah, it's just funny, though, because some of the people they interviewed, like uh, Stephen Schiff is the congressman from New Mexico who's pushing for, um, you know, uh, UFO disclosure throughout the 90s. He was a constant guest on a lot of, like, different talk shows, including Coast to Coast AM. Um, so, I, you know, this is a documentary that's very of its time, but it's, as you were saying, it's very off-brand for, for Disney to produce because it was kind of weird that they decided to take the new Tomorrowland ride and turn it basically into um, what looked like, like an alien, like the Sigourney Weaver franchise. It was. It was actually that. And uh, they, after a few years, they deemed it too scary and they turned it into a Lilo and Stitch ride, which is way more on brand. Yeah, I definitely agree that it's definitely way more on brand. <laughs> and I, yeah, I'll, I'll say I never went on that ride. We used to pass it by all the time. There was never much of a lineup and we always kept saying, well, there's never a lineup. We'll go back again. We'll go back. We'll see it. We'll do it another time. We'll do it another time. And then by the time we came around to doing it, it was it closed. It was like when Mr. T was at the mall and you, you kept waiting to go to the mall. And I know, it was so sad. Finally, yeah. That's okay, though. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, like, the usual suspects do show up on here, right? So, you know, you're saying, like, Kevin Randall. Um, it was funny, though, because the, the edition of the book that they were showing um, I, of the UFO report, I have somewhere around here, too. So it was just kind of funny to see that. Yes, and a lot of the things they talked about are now known as hoaxes. Uh, our friend and yours, The Guardian, showed up. Yeah, the Guardian UFO. Yeah, my what you know, Canada's claim to fame. Uh, well, not really. Uh, when it comes to you know, uh, popular UFO cases that uh, have good video evidence, you know, I love seeing a burning helicopter or whatever. It was that, and followed by uh, what was the thing that followed that? It was another 
case that was I mean the interesting one that they were showing is the the New Mexico stuff like we talked about how the the New Year's Eve and New Year's Day uh New Mexico videos were were super cool. Yeah, those are those were good. New Mexico or Mexico? New Me- uh, Mexico, sorry. Yeah. Mexico City, yeah. Yeah. New Mexico, Old Mexico, same thing, right? Right. <laughs> Let's not we're not playing that game here. Did, did you ever hear that? <laughs> I don't know if it's it's true or not, but somebody was trying to buy tickets for uh the uh Olympic Games and uh, they said they lived in New Mexico and the person said we only sell to American citizens right now and they said <laughs> but I live in New Mexico. And the guy said, New Mexico, Old Mexico, we're only selling to American citizens. No, I've never heard that before. I'm, it's probably wrong. Okay. But I mean, it's, like, it's, it's, it's lore that exists, right? Yes. Yeah, but what do you think was going through Michael Eisner's head when he had to introduce this? It was really funny, actually. It's, it's the typical Michael Eisner thing at the beginning of a Disney presentation. Uh, very cheesy, very silly. Uh, men with guns, though, again, very off-brand for Disney. So I was giving this a lot of thought and I was just curious and, and like I wanted to know your thoughts on this because we haven't discussed this pretty much beforehand. But I do feel like, you know, we've talked about how like UFO mania in the 90s, the conspiracy mania in the 90s was like fully ramped up around this time. And I'm just wondering if that was a way to bring in a non-traditional uh, uh, demo that they were interested in courting with Disneyland. I'm sure people tuned in to this Disney special that normally didn't watch the Disney Sunday night show. Because this feels like they're aping like the idea of like a, you know, like a, a Six Flags kind of like an amusement park vibe. Although the ride is not Six Flags quality. Uh, no, not at all. But what I mean is that like the aesthetic, the visuals and everything, it feels like they're seeing if there was a, a way to get in like a, you know, uh, a more either like a disengaged teen who maybe like would not otherwise want to Oh visit. yeah, for sure. And I, I did feel they treated this very much as a topic that uh, it, it was completely solved these are real ufos these are real things uh they were very much on the believer side of things with this documentary yes. i mean bringing up the majestic 12 documents oh example, yeah like, that's during one point that's the thing i wanted to bring up before is that you know they brought up the guardian thing then they bring up these majestic 12 things as if it's like a real government document although it's been debunked many times if someone knows nothing about ufos i do feel like this is a good place to start learning about the phenomenon, not necessarily treating it as like a definitive document of anything, but kind of gives us a, a, a brief overview of the most popular um, events in, in ufology in the United States in the last 70, 80 years. Yes, and it, it brings you into contact with a few of the major players in UFO studies. Yeah, I mean, they got Bud Hopkins, right? The yeah, he's, I mean, and Bud Hopkins, though, a little less reliable than Kevin Randall. Yes, yeah. I, I do feel like Kevin Reynolds writing. I'm just, I'm reading through his, one of his books about the uh, UFOs in the 90s. So it's all the major stuff that happened in the 90s. Super interesting. Yeah, he's um, great. He, and he's yeah, very yeah. skeptical about these things, right? He's, very even keel. Yeah. He's not quickly to judge something as being real or fake. He just, he wants to look into it. But he's a military guy, right? Yeah. I'd say he's analogous to Chris Rakowski in Canada. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I think uh, Chris is a little more on the skeptical side, but yeah. No, but I mean more in, the, in their approach in the way that they, they look at events, right? It, it isn't, you know, um, super huge font headlines or anything. No, no, no. Very, parts. yeah, very even key, like you said. Yeah, so I really appreciate that. I wanted to talk about something that we perhaps haven't talked about on the show before, but, uh, you know, the documentary does link the idea of uh, the advent of the nuclear bomb with being a calling card for alien civilizations. Well, with the nukes and UFOs, Brian, Robert Hastings has brought that up a lot of times. I've seen it on CNN. He was on... Uh, What's his name? I was going to say Don King. No. <laughs> Larry King. He was on Larry King many times talking about it. Uh, and he's... he's but Angela, has, has he been on Rogan? That's all I really care about here. 
Uh, well, Jamie, pull that up. Let's see. <laughs> uh, and yeah, he, so he's been on that and he's talked about how they often appear at UFO bases. He's linked it to Rendlesham as well, although I, I don't think there were nukes at, at Rendlesham, right? No, but uh, I'd be, that is one of the cases that I do want to cover with you because I feel like we've, we've sort of danced around it enough. And I know that there's been a lot of other um, podcasts that have done it. What do you think, though? Do you think uh, nukes were like a calling card for UFOs to say, hey, look, uh oh, those dumb humans have the bomb now? I find it an interesting theory. I don't know if it holds much weight, though, because of the fact that, like, you are. Well, we're always claiming we're always claiming that extraterrestrials and like we're talking about like the the ET hypothesis here, right? So we're always claiming that extraterrestrials uh, operate on technologies that are vastly superior to nuclear energy, right? Yes, and also in this very same documentary, he quotes the Bible, right, saying that UFOs have been visiting us forever. So if it was nuclear bombs that brought them here, then why were they visiting us for so long? Yeah, the Book of Ezekiel makes that clear, right? Yeah, something about wheels <laughs> in the sky. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do find it an interesting theory that doesn't hold much weight when you really put some thought into it because of the idea that like, you know, uh, why would they even care that we're using nuclear power, right? If it's registering on a, a global scale, like it, it does when you, you know, when you detonate a, a nuclear bomb, but like, how, how would that even work, co- you know, cosmically? They, they saw it. They heard it. They felt it. They came. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying any of this. No, that's the title for our episode. <laughs> i'm glad you decided to to go ahead and do that uh yeah i i do you know the the use the, the classical <laughs> description your of, sex tape they saw it there <laughs> they felt that they came wow i am definitely keeping that one in okay but it's just funny to think that like um at one point one of the the abductees was talking about their kid and it made me think of when your son pointed at the moon Oh yeah, sometimes I because something peeks up from behind it. He said that yep. once. Why? Well, yeah, I had then, I had stricken that from my memory banks. Now you brought it back. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, because they were talking about one of the objectives was talking about how their kid had said that the there oh, had been yeah. a blimp that they saw, and they said, "Oh, that's you know," and the the kid had pointed to the blimp and said, "Oh, that's where the bugs are." That is really really creepy. Anything with kids and UFOs is always creepy, right? Kids are creepy. <laughs> well, it's because there's this unconscious kind of like um um, it's like an uh, innocence there that they're clarity, not clarity. Yeah, yeah, they're not. Uh, tainted by uh, our BS. If you had to redo the documentary and include or exclude cases to sort of like introduce someone to the concept of uh, popular modern ufology, like what would you use? Well, I'm shocked they didn't bring up Betty and Barney Hill. I was too, and I was just wondering if it was because of the fact that like maybe they couldn't get um, Betty at all. Like, I don't know, you know? Does Bud Hopkins have a beef with her? I don't I don't think so. No. So I don't know. That that's one of the bigger ones. They did talk about Roswell at least. I think for me, yeah, I think the the Betty Barney Hill kind of kicks off um um the abductee phenomenon, right? So if you have a whole section on that, then I think that like they, they should have started there. Yes, that that would have been an important one. Um this was and there's a few that have happened after that, unfortunately. Like the like I, I would always want to include the O'Hare UFO because I find that one really interesting. Yeah, and once again, like this is clear, definitive, kind of interesting proof of of an event that happened that we're still not able to like properly debunk, right? Exactly. Nobody that that's still one we should really go back and look at more. One of the cases they did mention was the Gulf Breeze UFO incident. They have um, to represent about, Florida, Brian. Yeah, exactly. Talking about Ed Walters here, I found that interesting that they they decided to mention that right after the, the Guardians. Yes. Yeah. There was a you know it it was an unfortunate chain where it went Guardian. Ed Walters, MJ-12. Yeah, so mm, 
No good. No bueno. Those are those are cases I would not include if I had a documentary right now. But they didn't really know the extent of how much of a hoax Guardian was at that point. It was very no, fresh. This is mid nineties, right? This came out in ninety five. Yeah, I do, I do feel like there was uh, not a ton of work done in the popular sphere to sort of like debunk that, right? No, this is just Disney. It's like, okay, put in some UFO stuff. We want to promote this new alien ride. So good UFO stuff. Okay, come on, hurry up. Go, go, go. I mean, it's, it's very distinctive, right? It's very sensationalistic in, in ways that draw attention um, uh, to the subject and make the viewer more interested, I think. It was like very Fox documentary of the yeah, time, it definitely right? had that. It definitely had that feel of like uh, when animals attack. Yeah, it, it, so... Uh, and not just because of the host. And, and you know, this was a uh, Nostradamus-type prediction because Disney then bought Fox. <laughs> oh, is that how you're tying this together? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Well, I'm glad that you decided Disney. that. <laughs> Florida's a weird place, right? Because there's Disney that owns Marvel and The Simpsons, but their rival uh, theme park has Marvel rides and The Simpsons rides. Right. Also, don't forget that that is the, uh, the headquarters for, for Scientology, pretty much, right? Clearwater? I thought you were going to say Universal Studios. No. <laughs> no, no. I didn't, I didn't realize that they were in Florida, but uh, yes. I thought, I thought uh, Scientology was more of a California thing. No, you just think about their, their LA Center. It's so, actually, much in the way that uh, Disney Marketing decided perhaps to try and bring in um, some either disenfranchised uh, uh, teens or uh, conspiracy-minded uh, adults with this ride, do you feel like maybe there is some value to sort of bringing this to Disney Plus? Unfortunately, no. It's it's of too poor quality to be on Disney Plus at this point. So there's no chance this is going to ever be uh, brought back. The only way you'll watch this is in, is in bootleg versions on YouTube that are cropped in funny ways. Uh, Disney has better, bigger fish to fry. Uh, no one's going to care about this UFO documentary when they can go watch The Mandalorian and Baby Yoda. It's not Baby Yoda, but let's let's the child, the child. Thank you. I'm actually Thank watching you. something with Yoda now. I'm I'm going back and watching the Clone Wars because of something that was mentioned in the latest episode of Mandalorian. Ah, uh, yes, the Enterprise. Yes, <laughs> Angela. I feel like this is a good place to end episode 153 of the Double Density Podcast. And before I forget, on episode 152 at the end, I said thanks uh, for listening to episode 151. So I'm getting my numbering right um, this episode. Good job. I'm happy we were able to get through episode 156. Where can people find us on the internet? Uh, you can find us on uh, twitter.com and uh, doubledensity.net and instagram.net com incorporated yeah, yeah. co.uk.ck what is <laughs> you go ahead and find us over on double underscore density on twitter and uh double density podcast on instagram as well as angela had mentioned double uh.net maybe we need to do a refresh of our images why i like uh, i like the picture i have up there okay maybe I'll, maybe it's just me then. i'm gonna put a bitmoji because that's it, what yeah. cool people do I would uh, be very interested in seeing what your Bitmoji looks like. I have several Bitmoji. My Bitmoji looks a lot like me, actually. Shockingly, clearly like me. It's very strange how they're able to do that. But it's sort of like the Mies. Remember the Mies on... Uh, well, you still have them on the Switch. It's, it's so generic that it'll always look like you. Like aliens. I was about to say, like the Rays. Yeah. <laughs> they all look all like right, you. Angelo. That racist. This has been a, a very twisty, windy episode of Double Density. Yeah, and uh, at the end, stick around. We're going to go on the alien ride. Yes, exactly. We're going to do a... Sneak a, peek. Yeah, we're going to GoPro it. All right, Angelo. 
I will definitely speak to you uh, next episode then. Get ready for some I hope so, because it would be a really weird episode if you didn't speak to me. <laughs> See, Angela. Just silence. Bye, Brian. Click. Oh my God, for a second, I thought I was not recording. Did you delete it? Yeah, yeah, I removed it from both of our sound files. Okay, good. Thanks. <laughs>